Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Welcome back to the show, friends. Today we've got our 100th episode. So we got a special treat for you. We'll tell you all about that in just one second. But let me tell you first about the sponsor for the month. It is the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. Now, some of you might recognize the name of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology because Rob Bell, with his sidekick Pete Holmes, made a surprise visit to a conference they were doing just a couple weeks ago. Formerly, the Seattle School was connected to people like um, Donald, excuse me, Brian McLaren, who is a former board member. It's also uh, been uh, connected with friend of the show N.T. Wright, Christina Cleveland, Tony Jones, and more. Now, if you never heard about the dream of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology began around a kitchen table where a gathering of a few passionate dreamers dared to imagine a new kind of theological, psychological, and cultural training. Since 1997, the Seattle School has been committed to training therapists, pastors, artists, leaders, and social entrepreneurs to be competent in the study of text, soul, and culture in order to serve God and neighbor through transforming relationships. They offer graduate degrees in divinity counseling psychology and theology and culture and professional development certificates for new parish leaders and lay counselors. For more information, go to the seattleschool.edu that is t-h-e seattleschool.edu if you can't remember that go to our facebook page newsworthy or norsworthy on facebook and uh, there'll be a link on there if you haven't already liked our page on facebook i would encourage you i'd, I'd appreciate it if you did that go ahead and do that uh, information will also be linked on our website which is lukenorsworthy.com well what we're about to do right now is we're going to have a conversation with our friend Wade Hodges, who actually takes his turn behind the microphone doing some interviewing of yours truly, and we talk about the first 100 episodes of the podcast. And I didn't get a chance during this conversation to say thank you, and that's something I desperately need to do, because I could not have done this without the support, the help, the partnership of so many great people. First and foremost, I want to thank my friends who were so grateful to come on the podcast, especially early on when they had no clue what this thing was all about. Friends who uh, repeatedly came on and shared their expertise, and I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for the outstanding guests that we've had. I could not have imagined the kind of guests that we have on our guest list right now if I was to, to have someone tell me that um, 100 episodes, that these are the people that I would have been able to talk to. I, I would not have believed it, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you, the listeners, one of the crazy things about the podcast is nine... Actually, if you just switch November and I think it's December, if you switch those two months, put them in the opposite order, every month for the last 10 months, we have set a new record for total listens in a month. Every month for the last 10 months, we have improved our best month of listens yet, which is pretty crazy to think. And I'm I'm just grateful for all you listening and sharing the podcast, and uh, I've become friends with people from uh, from Canada to I've talked to people from Sweden to Australia. Uh, I, don't, I haven't talked to anyone from Arkansas yet. I'm I'm not sure if they have the internet there or not, but I've talked to people from all over the world, and it wouldn't have happened without the podcast. So thank you. I'm grateful for you, new friends that I have made through the podcast, and I'm just 
I'm just grateful for you guys. So thank you. When I started this thing, I didn't really know what the vision was for it. I just knew I wanted to, uh, to put good content out there. I knew there's a lot of people who, uh, they don't get the content like they would have gotten 20 years ago if they were connected to a church. They wouldn't have a, you know, a Bible class to go to on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but they still have that desire for information and content. And so I thought we just need to create another venue in which people can access content. And so I thought that's what we're going to do. And so you, you hear me act kind of humorous, self-deprecating often as a way to put a little sizzle on the fajitas, put a little sizzle with the steak, because I never thought I'm really competing against Christian podcasts. I'm, I'm thinking of the person who has a plethora of other options to listen to. I want this to be something fun and enjoyable that also is transformative with the kind of content. And so that's what we're trying to do here. And over these hundred episodes, I've started to sense that there is this, this niche Maybe this connection that brings all of us together. And it seems like there's this story that I hear kind of told over and over again, where you had faith of some form, and you grew up with it, or kept you together for a while, and then you started to ask some questions, and you started to poke some holes, and all of a sudden, it was like you had this building constructed on this sand, and it fell apart. And you were faced with this crossroads where you, you felt like the only two options you had was to go back to this faith and to go back to this way of thinking that didn't work anymore, that just didn't make sense to you anymore, or you had to give up on faith altogether. You had constructed something, and then you started to deconstruct, and you didn't know what you were going to do, and then you decided there's another way. And I don't know if it was one of the authors, one of the guests, one of the thinkers that you've heard on the podcast— that connected you to the podcast that did this, but there's someone or something or something that caused you to all of a sudden to realize that this mystery is okay and that you can reorientate yourself. You can reconstruct something, not on this idea that you can have all the answers, that you can put God in a box with a bunch of nice little neat answers and cliches, but you were going to instead embrace the mystery. Our friend Richard Rohr talks about the cross that everyone has to bear is the mystery of their own existence. And I think that's what brings us all together, is there's this mystery that we somehow believe is fulfilled in Jesus. There's something about Jesus that, that, that speaks into that mystery, and we don't have all the answers, but we have this person, and somehow that points us in the same direction. And so you have this group of people that are committed to that. And I think that's kind of the vision that's pulled this thing together. And so I'm, thank, I'm grateful to go on this journey with everyone. I'm, in, I'm grateful to have this opportunity to, to share what's, uh, what's exciting to me, what wakes me up in the morning with, with enthusiasm and this desire to continue question and learn and to grow. And I'm, I'm so grateful to get to share that with, with you all. And so thank you. And I just went on a real long rant, which is very ironic because in the podcast I said, I never want to do a rant. But guess what? It just happened. Amazing things happen. I never thought I'd do a rant. That was clearly a rant. I was supposed to just say thank you, and it turned into a rant. So um, I'm going to stop talking now. Here it is. 100-episode wrap-up podcast with my friend Wade Hodges. Let's do the thing. Welcome back to the show, friends. Today we are doing our special 100th episode of the Newsworthy with Northworthy podcast. So we have with us our friend from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Wade Hodges. How are you, Wade? 
I'm fine. How are you, Luke? Good. I uh, appreciate you coming on to do this 100th episode wrap-up kind of thing. We need to celebrate the 100 episodes, don't we? It is an honor yeah, and a privilege. Thank you so much. Love well, being able to come on here and celebrate with you that you made it to 100 episodes is indeed a great milestone. It and is. I think for most of your friends, a bit of a surprise. Ouch. Why is it a surprise? Well, when you started, it was a good idea. You, you actually and were in like the pregame, pre-posting I, practice shows. I would like to believe that I was the first person you called when you first had the idea and said, I think I want to do a podcast. Do you remember that? I was in an airport. <laughs> and I was heading somewhere. I don't remember where I was going, but you called me and you said, let's do a podcast. I said, you can do a podcast. And I said, why do you want to do a podcast? And you, you told me, tell me, do you want to, I have no clue what I said. Do you not remember? I don't remember what I said. I think it was because you wanted to give a group of your friends a forum for us to sit around and have cool conversations. Yeah. That, that's interesting conversations. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, I feel like it has the direction, the vision for the podcast has obviously evolved over time. I, I read somewhere that it takes like a, a TV show, like 10 or 12 episodes to really find their voice. Absolutely. I'd say the same thing with the podcast. All right. So are we going to let your audience know what we're going to do? Yeah. Here, let's tell them what we're going to do. Gonna launch into this. What we're going to do cool. is uh, you're going to kind of interview me. Yep. That's right. As we talk about these 100 episodes. And uh, so really the, the microphone is yours. Thank you very much. And I have a number of questions prepared for oh, you. Oh my goodness. These are going to be fun. Now let's go back to what we were talking about. Finding your voice, you you had an initial vision for the podcast, which I think was more of an informal, friendly, yeah. let's get together, let's talk about whatever, sports, books, yeah. ministry, life. Sports what, was definitely on the table at the beginning. Sports was on the table at the beginning. And then not very long after that, once you first started, your I would say the direction of the podcast changed, and maybe you found your groove or found your, your yeah. niche. When did that happen, and, and when did you kind of get a sense of, okay, I, here's what I thought it was going to be, and then it became something else? I would say I started to find the vision after I did I did one about a ESPN 30 for 30 over the Maurice Claret story. And I did yep. that with Grant Boone, That's who right. was CBS uh, broadcast guy, yep. does a lot of yep. stuff with Golf Network or Golf Channel or something, golfish. And uh, I did that, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking about it. And then I was like, I, I was actually talking with a, a friend of mine from my church, Laura, and she's like, yeah, I really, I'm liking these podcasts you're doing. I'm not really sure what you're doing with the sports stuff. And then I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing either with it. And then I realized that doesn't really fit the vision for what is going on here. It doesn't really fit the theme. And then so I started to clarify, like, this is a conversation about a certain type of faith for a certain type of people. And then I thought, okay, now everything kind of can be filtered through who that person is and what this group probably is wanting to hear. Yeah, and, and just to give everybody some background, how long ago was this? When did you start? 100 episodes, but how many years yeah. ago did you start this thing? We, I think the first one was actually posted October of 2013. And the idea probably was hatched probably in the summertime before that. Right. And how many practice episodes did you and I do where we just talked to each other? And did I strong out? arm you into saying, wait, get it, just give me some time. Talk to me on the phone. Yeah. yeah. It was, there's at least four I yeah. did. Yeah. And, and they, those files have all been destroyed. Deleted, expunged. Never to be. I actually burned that computer just to so. make sure there was not any trace of that. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a good idea. They were not. Have you gone back and listened to some of your early, early episodes? No, I don't want to. Why not? I just don't want to hear myself back then. You, you, 
what are you what are you afraid you're going to hear? Well, I feel like I at first was definitely very rigid. Yeah. And I actually was listening to a podcast that's does really well on iTunes. It's not in the Christian section. It's um uh, I don't even know what section it's in, but it's a, it's a popular one on there, and it's a guy who's been doing it just a year. And I hear him, and he doesn't come from a background in which he's talking to a group of people on a regular basis. And I'm hearing him talking, and I'm going, you sound really rigid. You don't sound like you're really engaged in the conversation. You're not listening to people. You're not uh, interviewing. You're, you're interviewing, not so much having a conversation. I feel like that is one of the things that's changed. At first, it was, I've got a list of questions I'm going to ask you regardless of what you say. And, and then I think now I'm able to really engage in a conversation. Yeah, I, I think it seems to me your interviewing technique or skill set has, has improved dramatically. And that's not to say it was terrible when you started, but you're, you're getting some practice. What, how would you describe your interviewing style? Because mm. I think you do bring a unique style to it. Well, I think obviously the first thing everyone notices is I've just got a great sense of humor. And my, uh, my witty banter is, I think, what, what brings the people back. Was that a joke? Uh, it might have been, okay. depending on how people respond. I actually have never done any research on how you're supposed to interview people. Yeah. Last week, I for the first time, I listened to a podcast in which someone was talking about how to interview people, and I listened to about 10 minutes of it, and I was like, I don't want to listen to this, yeah. which is weird because I, I think a lot of my guests will say, Luke, you're really prepared for this. You put a lot of time into being ready for a conversation. And so the fact that I wouldn't research how to do conversations is kind of weird. But one of the things they, they did say is they said good conversations feel a lot like counseling. And I think that's probably where I'm coming from. My dad obviously is a psychologist. And while we never... See, really? You've never mentioned that before? On I podcast. haven't. I feel no, like I should haven't. bring that up at some point. I feel like I should. Are you saying that I talk about that a lot? I think you mention it at every single episode. <laughs> Everyone? I think you do. I think, but... Not it, that there's anything wrong, but I, I think... Why do you hate I, my dad? I think... I love your dad. I don't feel like you do. I, I think you, you... If you don't do it every episode, you do it every time you feel like somehow you're going to get some credibility with the person you're interviewing mm-hmm. by saying, I'm going to ask you a deep penetrating question here. And maybe, it's family business. Maybe I'm going to do some pop psychology on you and mm-hmm. I can get away with it because of my dad. Yeah. It's, it's our family business. So yeah. what, what am I to do? I, I think you're playing that card very well. Thank you. Playing it very often, but also very well. <laughs> hey, if you have one card, you got to play it. And that's the one you, I've got. You, you haven't studied interviewing as much as you have studied the books or the resources that would make your guests worth interviewing. Yeah. It seems to me you spend far more time reading the De- books yeah, definitely. And, and trying to get to know something about your guests. Yeah. Part of the reason is as a preacher, you'll get this, but there are many people who love listening to preachers who don't have any training in being a preacher. They don't really follow yeah. uh, contemporary homiletics. They don't really put a lot of emphasis on what the academic world is teaching us about how to do preaching. And it works for people. And I thought, well, I've been so annoyed by that as a preacher, then why don't I just go with that as an interviewer and just, I'll just let it rip. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I think when I, when I download the latest episode of the podcast... And, and I, I appreciate you doing that. And, Thank you. And uh, when I, I download them all. Good. That's, that's what I need. Just download them. I don't need you to listen to them, but just download them. They're all downloaded. <laughs> you get credit for the download, yeah, right? I, I get that hit. I download them all. Yeah, thank you. But I, I never know when I'm, I'm listening which Luke I'm going to get. Huh? And we've talked about this before. Multiple I'm Lukes? Not, I, this is not an ambush, but there are, I think, at least two. I'm only going to talk about two Lukes. The two Lukes. The two Lukes that show up on Newsworthy. Okay, first of all, which one's your favorite? I prefer not to have favorites. I love them both. <laughs> but there is the serious Luke who has done his homework. He's well-prepared, asking good questions, mm-hmm. very respectful of his guests. 
Okay, respectful. And then there is what I would call sarcastic Luke, <gasps> who, again, very well prepared, okay. but can, as you mentioned earlier, can fall into a, a pattern or rhythm of humorous attempts <laughs> at banter. <laughs> <laughs> some of which I judge, and again, it's not a video podcast. I would I would love to see a video of some of this. Some of which I, I sometimes wonder whether your guests are ready for or not. Well, uh, you know, s- someone once said, I don't know if you're ready for this jelly. I don't think that was actually a guest. I think that was Beyonce. But someone might have said that. And, and I don't know that everybody's ready for sarcastic Luke. But do you agree there are two Lukes that show up on the podcast? Well, I don't think I'm going to lead with humor if I'm talking to N.T. Wright. Okay. I think if he's in the room, I'm going to... So, okay, that, so that leads me to my next question. How do you decide which Luke is going to show up? I don't know if there really are two Lukes. I'm not, there are two Lukes. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm not going to agree with that, but I will go with this conversation under the premise that there are times in which I'm more jovial. Do, do and your enga- listeners have a way of giving you feedback? Or can they send you notes? They and, can. All right. I, I think this would be a great... Thing that if you listeners, audience, podcast followers, if you wanted to to chime in at some point and if you have something nice to say, I'll read your email. I, I think just basically let us know if you think there are one or two Luke's that no, do this I, podcast. I, if you think there are two Luke's, I think that would be good for us to know. Okay. But anyway, back to your answer, please. I think if I am more familiar with someone, I am more comfortable and I probably will be more uh, likely to banter with them. Yeah. I would agree with that assertion. And if they, if it seems they've got a little bit of sarcastic humor oh, in them. Daddy likes that. <laughs> Daddy <laughs> that, likes that a lot. That is like a moth to a flame. Yes. Ha- have there, I can't stop. I know. I know. <laughs> ha- have there been guests, though, where maybe you've led with it too soon, too early, and you can tell, whoa, they're not picking, up, up. picking yeah. up what I'm putting down? Uh, mm, they're, uh, yeah. There might have been a time or two, I think, that some people uh, did not appreciate maybe my attempt to be more humorous, maybe once or twice. Yeah. Do you have a way? I know you, you probably have a pre-talk where you're talking with them before the show starts. Yeah. You start recording. Do you have any way of prepping them to go, hey, let's keep this light. I want to make some jokes. Or yeah. Do you try to do that? I, I Yeah, I try to give that speech. Um, with with NT Wright, it's like I know you've been on Colbert, so nothing I can do is right. going to compare to the uh, sheer force of what Stephen the Stephen Colbert character will do. Uh, I do like to tell people, hey, I like to kind of joke around. And uh, at this point, there's been a um, handful of times that people come on the show who've listened to it, which is m- my preference. Yep. Because yep. They, so they know what they expect. know what to expect. Yeah. And and there are other people I say, hey, I'm going to kind of joke around a little bit. If you're cool with that, then then we'll we'll yeah. do that. But it, it seems like okay, an NT Wright, mm-hmm. a Richard Rohr. I can think of probably a couple of others where it's been mostly serious, Luke. Yeah. You're, you're just not going to go there. Well, if it's – here's the thing. If, if it's a face-to-face one, yeah, not with N.T. Wright, yeah. I will be more likely to joke around because obviously a, a big part of humor is the nonverbal stuff and right. uh, you know that, that sort of thing which you can read that yeah. you can't read if it's just a, a Skype and especially if it's just a phone call. Yeah. Have, have there ever has there ever been anyone who has either hung up on you or quit, no? Why quit would someone podcast? no? See, why are you making no, I, because, you make it out like I'm just no, no, like no. making fun of every guest? I I read 
who is it, James Altucher, I don't know if that's the way you say his last name, but he's got a very popular blog and podcast, and he wrote a blog one time about, I just did a podcast and the guest hung up on me, because he, kept, <laughs> he had asked some kind of offensive question, or he had done something, and I... I no, I, why would anyone hang he, up with no, me? No. Here's what I'm wondering, because here's the thing, that it's your choice whether you post these episodes. So if an episode doesn't go well... I've never... I know, you've told, told me that all the time. Like, if it, you don't have to post this if yep, it doesn't go right. well. Have you ever canned one? Have you... Besides no. the one we did early no, on? No, I've never done may that. May they rest in peace no, forever. No, You've never canned one. I, I just... I, I let it rip, and then I, I, I show it to the people. Have, have you I ever, rarely even edit, honestly. Okay, have, rarely edit anything at all. But have you ever had to edit some stuff out of a, no. an episode? No. I've, I've had to edit... Uh, there's been two times that my guests, who are always given the opportunity, hey, if you, if you say something, I'm not going to try to like Robert Downey Jr. you into right, right. an interview in which you, you know, get caught sideways. Right. And I say, if something happens like that, I will cut something out. And twice I've had guests come back and say, I said someone's name yeah. that I want redacted, or right. there was something that would be uh, uh, showing some personal stuff that other people would not want to hear. Do you ever sense that that? People aren't sure what category to put you in. Like, like, are you a journalist? Are you a Christian or, or no. a Buddhist? Well, or... that, that may be true. But no, I think there's a difference between here's a guy that likes to interview people, likes to read the books, likes to get people talking, and a journalist. Who is this on the record, off the record? Do you, have you ever run into that kind of tension or people not sure how to regard you or get nervous about, okay, I said that, please don't. No, I've, I've never, no, I've, I've never had that. I, I mean, there's been a, a time in which. I've talked about a controversial subject after the the podcast is over to get someone's feedback on how to handle something, uh, but that uh, that's it. Uh, you, now you're a pastor. That's true. For a church, mm-hmm. and I, I've always wondered because I know the the tension with being a pastor, and you have this this flock of people in your church who who listen to your sermons. They they get to know you. They have certain ideas about who you are and what you are. And and there is a, a pressure that can, or a, a set of expectations that go with being a pastor, yep. and, and what the church expects of their pastor. Have has there ever been any tension over who you are as a pastor, what your theology is, mm-hmm. and the theology of those that you interview on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, well, well, two things. It's not just the theology, but kind of the uh, my ability to joke around and be confessional and to be honest and to, in some ways, like play a character while I do yeah. the interviews and. You know, my church is a church that I started, and so I, I have a personal relationship with, with the majority of people who are connected to our church, and I've been there longer than anyone else. And yeah. so there's there's not a sense that, oh, we brought this guy in, and he's going to, you know, sully the name of our... There, so there's a, a bit of credibility that I right. have being right. the founding pastor of the church that I'm connected to. And so that also plays into the theology. So I don't think there's anything... Uh, no, I don't think there's anything that I would say... It, it hasn't occurred yet, run into it. No, no, no. Something that bothers you. What bothers you more? Poor theology, what I would call poor the- theology, bad theology, th- silly theology, or cursing? If someone has a, a stupid theological idea or they just cuss a lot on your podcast, what's going to bother you more? <laughs> well, uh, there's only been a few people that have cursed a lot on the podcast, but I, I, I think it's really problematic. And part of the reason why I do this podcast is I'm trying to give a healthy theology that people can use to filter the world and filter their experiences and understanding of God. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. So th- I think that is the substantial one that we're trying to interact with on the podcast, not so much um, what some people refer to as so, expletives or cursing. So cursing doesn't bother you? Well, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth. 
as as you have thought about uh, doing this podcast, we had we talk about a lot of the podcasts we listen to. Yeah, who are your podcast heroes? Your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to that that have shaped the way you yeah, do this? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I I spend so much of my time doing theology and you know reading books that a lot of my podcasts are more kind of just for fun. And so I, you know, Bill Simmons, who does uh, work through ESPN, he's probably my go-to guy. The BS Report. The BS Report. Which he then has spun off into... Bill Don't Lie. Bill Don't Lie. What's, why did he do that? Do you have, I have no clue. Why would you spend... You got a super popular podcast. I think it's probably he has a different sponsor on the other one. Ooh. And there's probably a little bit more cash money because he still probably has Subway. Yeah. Anyway, that's my take. I don't, I don't really know. He hasn't called me yet. Yeah. So I like his stuff. I've... I kind of rotate through some other ones. I listen to Mark Maron's podcast. He's he's fun to listen to uh, every once in a while. I don't really listen to a ton of them. Uh, Radio Lab, which is more of a uh, you know serious podcast that yeah. has some really good stuff. I probably rip off a lot of that and use it in sermons. Yeah, kind of like you read Gladwell and you're like, oh, there's a lot of good stories right. here. Same thing with yeah. that. Uh, I listen to uh, Rob's friend uh, Pete Holmes. Yep, listen to his stuff every once you in a while. You made it weird. Yeah, the yeah. Name of that podcast. Yeah, exactly. There's been uh, Roar's been on there. Pete Rollins has been on there. Science Mike. So there's a handful. Because of... they're so long. Oh, I don't know if I've ever finished them. Two hours. I, I can't imagine. They just. It seems like yeah. I don't know what the setting is, but they're there in the studio or whatever, and it's yeah. a two-hour conversation. That's a long time. Yeah, but... I did the two hours with Roar. Yeah, and it didn't seem like it was two hours because we're in person, and I, I just there's so much to talk to him about. Right. But two hours is still two hours, and. Uh, who else do I listen to? Um, uh, yeah, I kind of just kind of rotate through some other ones. Uh, that's about it though. Those are my kind of go-to ones. Yeah. What would you say the biggest? Oh, mis- I listen to, I, I listen to Rob's, the Robcast. What do you think about that? The, the format of that? It is mostly, he did an interview this last time. I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah. But yeah. most of the time it is him in his house or room or wherever mm-hmm. alone talking into the microphone, not a conversation, mm-hmm. sort of a sermon yeah, it, into an empty room. Yeah. Did you listen to his sermons when he was at Marceau? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think the difference is that and the, the Robcast? I, I, to me, it's the same kind of things he would say in his sermons without reading the Bible, without the turning your Bibles to mm-hmm. and walking through the scriptures. He still references scripture, yeah. but there's less time spent unpacking the text and more talking about the bigger general principles. Yeah. seems to me. That's fair. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what he's doing. I think I, I would like to ask him and maybe I will. I'm going to see him on Tuesday. Oh, there you go. There we are. Teaser. Yeah. So we're going to have him on uh, next. But um, yeah, it seems like he's sitting at his desk and he's just uh, riffing. I wonder how much notes he has. And, right. Does he have his thing out in front of him, his sermon notes? Yeah. Because if you know anything about Rob, I mean, he's a kind of a no notes kind of right. person. And so right. there's a lot of interaction and it's uh, it's very personal where... You don't get that on the Robcast because it's just him behind a microphone. You right. don't see. Would you ever be tempted to do a couple of episodes just zero temptation? Luke the microphone. I've, I have no interest in doing that. If, if you had a rant or something you wanted to get off your chest, no, then I would just call my dad up and I, say, "Hey, come I on the pod." <laughs> Jason Whitlock had had a podcast for a while. I don't know. He may still once he moved to ESPN, but he did that one time where he normally would interview people, but he had a rant. And I think it was something about the racial tension in the United States several years ago. And he just said, I got to get this off my chest. And he ranted for about 20 minutes. Really? And it was amazing. 
Really? Yeah. Do you, you, you can never, but really, if you have a rant, you also have a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Yeah, I do all my ranting there. I think, honestly, I think that's part of the reason why I like the podcast is I don't feel like I have to do all the talking, and so I can ask the questions because I know that I have my opportunity to, right. to say my piece. And as, as a preacher, and, and one of the difficulties with preachers is, and as we have learned, where we've tried to do a few episodes where you had a couple of preachers on, preachers will talk and talk and talk and talk. Do you ever ha- find yourself in the middle of an episode? going, I am talking way too much. I'm in preacher mode here, and it's time for me to shut up and, and let my guest actually talk for a while. I've, I've never thought that. I've never thought that I was doing that, and yeah. maybe that's because I'm not self-aware. Do you wonder if any of your listeners have ever thought that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I think I've, I'm talking more now than yeah. I did at the beginning because yeah. I think I'm willing to kind of engage in the conversation in a way that up front it was, okay, let me ask you my next question that I've got right. written down, and... I mean, you've got a two-sentence question. Does, it, does that account for, I think, in the early days, the episodes were 30 minutes mm-hmm. long, and yeah. they're slowly creeping up to 45, 55, some of them over an hour long? Yeah, they're not a lot. Are, are we getting more Luke, or are we getting more of your guests as these episodes I think longer? we're getting more from our guests, like the good stuff from the guests. But you're also getting some Luke in there. Get a little more Luke. Yeah, you are. Yeah, more Luke. What, what about mistakes you've made? As you've as, And I'm talking about this could run the gamut of technology, which maybe is, is less interesting than some others, but yeah. what, what are some of the mistakes you've made as, as you have navigated, here's just a fun thing that I'm going to do to now, here's one of the most popular podcasts in the religion section of I'm sorry, say that again, iTunes. you, you kind of cut out, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I forgot what I just said. I, obviously, there's some stupid things that I did once. I forgot the time zone different between Texas and Georgia mm. when I was talking to Barbara Brown Taylor. Ugh. And I was one of the, I was so excited to talk to her. I loved the first time I talked with her, and I just screwed it up. And I'm in, I've talked to people from the UK and Australia and uh, you know Canada, and I've never screwed up a time zone until one as simple as just one hour earlier. Yeah. And th- that is what eats me. I, like I can't believe I missed that scheduling. Yeah. Thing. It, just uh, it was just annoying. I, I yeah. can't believe I, I screwed that up. Uh, obviously, the technology has gotten way better. I've invested a lot of money. Uh, Compared to up front, it was a very minimal uh, investment to start, and you can tell the sound quality difference, which is one of the reasons I probably don't like to listen to the old stuff because I've slowly kind of worked my way up. In terms of the bigger stuff, mm, I mean, those are not really the issue. Well, the the time zone thing with Barbara really killed me. But the more substantial issues, uh, I, I, think, um, I think it takes time to get the vision. And up front, I didn't have that for where I was going, and I would like to have changed that, but I don't really have any self-guilt over that because I think it's part of the process. Yeah, you had to find your way. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, so no, I don't really have anything that just eats me that I wish I could do again. Obviously, if I go back and I listen to a podcast, I think I should have gone down that road. I should have listened right there. There was, right. there was, there was low-hanging fruit or high-hanging fruit that I could have gotten to that yep. I, I needed to get to. But. I've heard Dan Patrick on his show after he interviews a guest if he feels he misses a question or the guest gave him an opportunity to talk about something and he didn't take it, I've heard him beat himself up for the rest of the show because he didn't ask the right question or he asked the, the wrong question or mishandled a question or, no. or wasn't aggressive as he wanted to be. Have you ever, when you're done, when you listen to it or immediately after, think, I blew that. I could have done so much better. Yeah, there are times that if I edit it, uh, like, say, four or five days or a week after I actually record it and there's enough separation from the, the conversation yeah. where I can hear it fresh, I go, oh, yeah, there's there's been times. And I don't have anything specific off the top of my head right. that I wish I would have done. But Right, but does that eat at you for a while, or are you able to let that go? Yeah, not, I, not really. I've 
I've never had the same experience that Patrick has had. Yeah, where, where it, you would just... Argh. I mean, I usually get mad about it at the time, and then I... Just move on. I move on. I think uh, as a high school defensive back who played football, you have to have a short memory. And yeah. I don't know, I, I, that's not really my... One, one of the things I found fascinating watching your podcast grow is years ago, it was blogging. Mm-hmm. And everybody was blogging. And there you could, you could blog and, and write a 500-word blog, do it in one evening throw it out there and get a bunch of comments. And you, you could really build a following and have a lot of readers before a lot of people had discovered blogging and that was the thing. And, no. and, and you I, had a blog. I had a blog. And that was my experience back in, in the early to mid-2000s. And then it, it everybody got a blog. And then it seemed like once the, the big dogs really developed their blogs and celebrities got involved in it, then it seemed some of the smaller blogs, it was just harder to get comments, harder to, yeah. get, to get real interaction. And then podcasts came along when iTunes, Apple released a technology that would allow for the distribution of podcasts. They were really popular. Mm-hmm. And I read an article recently that talked about how podcasts were popular and then that popularity waned mm-hmm. and it wasn't that big a deal. And now there has been a resurgence of podcasts. And it seems to me, I, it, my assessment would be, had you started a blog two years ago, you would have written some great posts and you would have had a few comments and some people who knew you would have read it. But I, I seriously doubt you would have had the opportunity to have the kind of conversations you've had yeah. with, with such a variety of guests over the last two years. Yeah. What do you think it is about right now, the resurgence of podcasts? What do you think it is that, that is making them more popular than blogs and for you have provided you a, a much better platform for mm-hmm. having these kind of conversations? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there's a t- the technology piece, which I don't pretend to understand, and I think I've, I think you forwarded me that article uh, in which you're referencing, and, and I get that that it's obviously the technology makes it far more conducive. Everyone's phone has the app basically built into it, yeah. and it's uh, you know 10 seconds, and my dad can figure out how to do podcasting now, and that's that says all you need to know about how accessible the technology is. But for me, I've never been one who really focused focuses on the the packaging part, the marketing, the, the social media game that I think if I'm, maybe if I was a little bit more, uh, industrious, I would focus on that. I've really held to the naive notion that good content always works. Yeah. And if you focus on doing your content and you do the work, eventually the other stuff is going to catch up to it. Yeah. And so for me, it's always been, I just want to be prepared for my conversations and I want to have an opportunity to talk to some people that are interesting to me. And that's really been like my simple focus is, okay, I can be prepared for this and I can have the right people in front of me and I trust it's going to work out somehow. And, and if it doesn't, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to turn this into my job. This right. is just a fun thing for me to do. Right. Right. Where does it go from here? What's, is there an end game in mind or is there a next level, next step where you yeah. think, here's what I want to do next with this? Well, I started, uh, I started off and there were some ideal guests that I wanted to get to yeah. and people I wanted to talk to. And, uh, hopefully I can get Brene Brown when she gets her new book. Is out. she your next? She is the, she the is goal guest. Yeah, she was like the last one on that initial list of people that who, I really. Who were the ones on your initial list? Well, you you know all the big people I've talked to. Yeah, who a podcaster doesn't kiss and tell. Oh come on, no, come am on. I... Who did I, we into your right? Well, yes, Rob Bell, maybe Richard yes. Rohr, maybe I, we'll stop at three. Okay, there you go. Probably some others. Yeah, but. But well, I, really, I, now for her, yeah. Brown is the last one where you think... This is like, there are obviously some other people I'd like to talk to. And yeah. people that I'm, I I get emails from people pretty consistently saying, hey, you need to talk to this person okay, or that person. Yeah. And so I've been pointing towards people that, oh yeah, I'd like to talk to her. And people have recommended uh, 
uh, a lady named Joan Chittister, who's uh, a, uh, a a friend, acquaintance of Richard Rohr. Oh, yeah, I like to talk okay. to her. And, yeah. and there's different names like that. And uh, James Martin, you know, the guy who is like Colbert's yep. ch- chaplain person or whatever. Right, right. And so there's always people that, out there I want to talk to, and hopefully it'll work out. Uh, what about Bono? Would you interview Bono? No, I don't. I, yes, I would talk to him. I would, but I don't. I've never had an interest in talking to a musician. I've got a, a, a friend who's coming out with something. I'm going to talk to him about it. Yeah. But the musician thing, I've, I've never been interested because I don't. I'm not a music guy. I don't have right. the. You're not a huge. We did a, an episode about you two, and it was obvious you were not a, a huge U2 fan. No, I I was more interested in like why do. But Bono also represents a significant strain oh, Christine, of yeah. progressive Christianity, and, and that's the fascinating. And somehow, thing. for me, that w- that would be why he would be an yeah. interesting guest. Yeah, but to to go back to your point, like yeah, there are people I want to talk to still, and I have some uh, some ideas that would be like big, hairy, audacious goals that yeah. would take a lot of money to kind of convert what I'm doing with this into, um, you know, some maybe video based right. small group curriculum that we could, yeah. uh, give to churches. But, uh, I, I need some people to get behind me and on board with that before we could do that. So that, that would be the ideal thing to, to would, get. Would you interview Stephen Pressfield? I've tried to. Yeah. I've emailed him multiple times when I've come to Southern California. He's and, one of our heroes. Yeah. His, uh, his he, book, the war of art. Yep. is something you gave to me. You introduced right. me to him. Yep. And that has been a huge, uh, huge influence for me when I uh, wanted to start writing and, and getting into that. And I, I just love his, his stuff on uh, resistance. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I would like to talk to him. He would be a fun interview. Not so much from a Christian perspective, but from just a general well, I, I think creative, it, yeah. spiritual kind of perspective. I've talked to um, a couple of people. I think I've talked to um, uh, Francis Spuford. Mm-hmm. Spuford's uh, the human potential to uh, mess things right. up. Yep. And the resistance from uh, Pressfield and then, like, the dark passenger of the Showtime show, Dexter, right. were, like, three images that really gave me uh, language for sin that in some ways had become anemic to me. So Helped you understand yourself? Uh, well, it was more like you, more helped me understand you as a friend. Yeah, I appreciate that. But Pressfield, yeah, so Pressfield would be one I'd like to talk to. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I've, I now look at people and I go, these are questions I would ask you. And... Uh, driving down the road, I hear someone's name on, on a podcast or I hear, uh, uh, see someone on the news and I start thinking, Oh, these are questions I would talk to with this person. Yeah. And so it's almost like this new, uh, you know, muscle memory that I'm developing that I just, I always start thinking through that with, with whoever I see. Yeah. If, if there's anybody listening, who's thinking about starting up their own podcast, what advice would you give them? Go for it. I think you, um, you can get in so cheap and so, so easy. Yeah. And it, it's taken me probably 18 months to get to where, um, you know, some people might say, oh, this is a you know, successful venture that you're part of. And I would say, just, just do the work and trust that if you have good content, it'll, all the other stuff will work out. But for me, it's never been about being successful. It's been about the conversations. It's, a, it's an opportunity for, uh, for my church to have a resource that in some ways, you know, our church doesn't do like Sunday morning Bible class. It does, we right. do sermons and small yep. groups. Yep. And there's a lack of content that people get in this kind of new simple church model that if you were part of a church 20 years ago, you had Sunday morning Bible class, you had Wednesday night church, you had Sunday night church. And I think the need for content is still there, but you don't have the medium for that. And so this has in some ways replaced that. It's uh, It's been an opportunity for me to obviously get in front of people that have helped influence my worldview and my theology, my understanding of God. And so that's been awesome for me. It's been a chance for me to help connect some of my friends to the wider Christian world and get their work out there. And one of the cool things that I I never thought the podcast would do is like me and my dad, 
obviously have been able to interact in the podcast and my dad listens to it and it gives me and my dad something to to kind of work on together. You and your dad are hilarious together without even trying to be funny. I it's think just it, great to listen to It's just guys. like a, it's a Mensa club. Yeah. That's what it seems like to people. It's like, oh wow, those are two brilliant people. That's exactly what I was You know what's weird? Okay, so I, the last time I had my dad on, my dad, of course, does not have any social media. He texts me and still writes my name before every text. Yeah, just he, in case. Yeah, just in case so that you know. it, he didn't know that maybe someone else would be reading right, my text. Right, you never... So he's not really on top of the social media game. So he doesn't have a Twitter presence and, and a Facebook page. Which those things are big indicators for how well the podcast does. Yes, yeah, right. But that one did so well, and I I was completely surprised because I thought, why would this one do more? And I've I've been curious as to why that conversation did so well. And I wonder if it's just that the father son dynamic that people want to see that people always have this interest in. What do you think? I, your dad is really good. He he brings both the theological and psychological. Do you know insights. he's a psychologist? I've heard that. Okay, I think. he really does a great job of of bridging that gap and and adding. He always adds value to the conversation. He's not there just to unpack what you've talked about, but no. I always love that he brings his psychological background. And I think both of us are fascinated. Yeah, you for obvious reasons because I think your dad is a psychologist, and one of but, my good friends is deep psychological issues. Yes, that's right. We both are fascinated by the bridge between psychology and theology. That's why we love Beck's work so much. Yeah. But, and and it, it, I guess one of the ways I've always thought of it is psychology is what people bring in the door on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and we hope to send them out with some theology. And, yeah, and that makes sense. Start your sermon with psychology. You mm-hmm. can finish it with theology. Yeah. You, you, you twist it, and then it gets all kind yeah. of messed the, up a little I, bit. I'm hoping to have this conversation, but I'm— we're going to have Richard Beck, Rob Bell, and myself together in a podcast next week, and I'm, I'm hoping we get to this, and I'm sure Rob's listening to this right now, getting prepared for the interview. So Hi, if Rob. you are, Rob, here's what we're going to talk about, hopefully. I'm lo- hoping we get to talk about love wins and Rob's take on, you know, love requires freedom, and then Beck says, well, let me bring some psychology to that and talk about this idea of free will and volition. Oh, there is no such thing as and free will. determinism, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that is such an interesting conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, that's— Yeah, that'll be good. Um, I think that's definitely a piece that my dad brings to it. Okay, as we wrap this up, I don't know if you're going to play along or not, but I thought Uh it would be time for you to name the all-newsworthy with (laughs) Moorsworthy team. Okay. As far as categorizing some of your your best, most interesting, maybe less interesting guests you've ever had. Oh, so, no. I don't know if you're going to answer these questions or not. I know you're, you're very protective of your guests, but yeah. it's my job to ask. Okay. Most intimidating guest you've ever had on the show? Uh, N.T. Wright. Not that personally he was intimidating. He was a very uh, humble, friendly man. His reputation. Yes. And I had to wear a tie. I didn't have to, but I chose to. You put on a tie. I did. That... To interview N.T. Wright. I know. That was, uh, that was a big step. Huge respect. Yeah. I mean, that's Who not... did you borrow it from? Uh, it was my neighbor. Okay. He had it tied, and he, I just carried it with me. W- with the, the sandals? Yeah, because you can't see the sandals right. under the table. Just under the table. I wouldn't wear jeans and sandals. Come on, dude. Or pants and sandals. This may be the same answer. Who's the smartest guest you've ever had? Okay, obviously, N.T. Wright would be the easiest answer. But yeah. the the hardest podcast for me to intellectually keep up with someone was the first Pete Rollins interview. Yes. That, yeah. was, that was out of my comfort zone because he's a philosopher. and. Yeah. While people think that's similar to doing theology, it's right. different. It's a different right. game. Different language, different categories. Yeah, I've since uh, spent some time with him and uh, got to interact with him on a different level, and he's been on a, a second time, and I think it went a whole lot better just because there's more of a connection there, but uh, a love connection. But the first one was definitely the hardest one. 
funniest guest you've had on the show? Mm, I think the first time I talked to Shane Hips, that was one of the funnier ones. I think he was very funny. Uh, Pete Enns is always funny. Yeah. Uh, Surprisingly so. I don't expect humor from Pete Enns when I read his books. His, his book is funny, but as a really? class scholar. You, oh, just I, because he's yeah, a... I, yeah, the first time I had ever listened and I hadn't read his book, I was like, I can't believe how funny this guy is. You don't think a you know, Harvard PhD right. is going to up. He keeps up your sarcasm probably as well as anybody oh, yeah. had on the show. Because he's... I think we're probably equals in terms of intelligence. Yes. <laughs> yeah, at, at least in sarcasm. Uh-huh. Most awkward guest... Oh. Where you have you have gotten you finished the recording and you're thinking ah that was icky awkward or mm. we did not connect. Uh, can, I'm gonna pass on that one. I'm gonna I say that one. I'm gonna pass. Most frustrating guest. Besides you? Yeah, besides me. Um, uh, that it's the same one. It's the same answer two times in a row. You, you just won't dish. No, I'm not gonna dish that. Can I guess? No. I won't do that to no. you. No. I mean, there are times that some people don't want to play the game. Right. No, no, this hasn't happened very often at all. I, and yeah. so I'm not going to say some people, but they're, uh, the majority, I would say 99% of my guests have been great. And I've left conversations going, I like that person more than I did before. And I've gone, uh, gone into the conversation thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. And yeah. I leave the conversation going, I'm really glad I did that. So by and large, you're not disappointed. No, I've, I've with what your guests bring to the no, table. No, and and I've never been someone who thought uh, I wish I want to talk to that person. Just about every time, ninety nine percent of the time. Do you do any feedback with your guests afterwards? Uh, to I, ask how how it went, what they thought. Usually, there's like a uh, sometimes it's like a you know a thirty second. Hey, thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. And sometimes there's been times that conversations went five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes afterwards, just chatting. Um, so yeah, that's, um, just kind of depends on the guest. Okay. Well, I think I have asked all the questions I can think of. Okay. And a few that I, I have you, thought of, I've thought of a few that I'm not going you're to not ask, gonna do anymore, but I, I appreciate that you give me the opportunity to turn this around because we all like knowing what, what your guests are thinking, but I think sometimes it's fun just to hear what you're thinking about. It's like, this. uh, inside the, uh, podcasters studio. That's exactly right. And, uh, you're that guy who asked the questions. When you get to heaven, what do you want to hear God say to you? <clears throat> he wants to say, I want God to say, man, your podcast was great. I was a listener. I was a listener. That mm-hmm. would be great if God was. Hey, wait, I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this. You've been on a few times. It's always great to have you. Always good to be here. Now we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up for this month. Like we said, the next one should be Richard Beck, Rob Bell, RB1, RB2. You're going to be a busy boy next week. Yeah, I'm going to be in uh, Malibu. We're probably going to air this uh, Sunday or Monday, and that you and I will be heading out to uh, Southern California to do a conference at Pepperdine. Not together. No, we'll not together. We'll be traveling separately. This is sad because usually we do travel together. Yeah, that's true. But someone has come between us. Yes, I'll be bringing my wife with me this time. Ugh. She'll... Ugh. Sorry. Ugh. Well, thanks a lot, Heather. But uh, there should be a lot of live podcasts, and as you guys know, I prefer doing a live podcast because you just get a better conversation. And so we should have a, hopefully we'll have a bunch of those that we will be airing over the month. And then we've got the Praxis Conference, which hopefully we can get some uh, live podcasts from, uh, from that, which it's going to be a great conference. Sounds great. Fun. So, Sounds great. Wade? Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.